WNYC would like to issue the following disclaimer. Duplicast is not an Orphan Black recap podcast. It is an Orphan Black podcast and it does contain recaps, but also very silly things. There may or may not be spoilers, but you already knew that. Duplicast is hosted by two women from another dimension who are clones. That's it. Thank you for listening and please enjoy. He loves me. He loves me not. He Hannah, loves me. Are you, Hannah, are you pining? He loves me not. No, no, no. I'm just on Sapphire. See, you, you get onto Sapphire mm-hmm. and you swipe left if you don't want to date them and you swipe right if you do. And oh. you can just daisy chain it away. He loves me. He loves me not. How do you know, you know, they're not scientists or military people or worse, clone fetishists? I did actually one time date a clone fetishist. Oh, sorry. Yeah, How was, by mistake. What was that? And I only found out after he started calling me Francis, who I guess was the, the girl that he had dated. Oh, Francis. Me. I know Francis. Yeah. I mean, we've met Francis. She's okay. She's fine, but it's not my name. <laughs> Duplicast. It's the only Orphan Black recap show hosted by clones and for clones. I'm Hannah Bingham. And I'm Emma Drexler. Today on the show, we'll discuss episode six, season three of Orphan Black. Sarah has some cool looking nightmares. Helena's scorpion friend tries stand up and Dr. Cody's sinister hair clipping plan is revealed. I'm also going to be talking to Johnny Von McNulty, the Jeremy Piven Chair of Television Science at Harvard College, Dublin. I would have thought that um, Facebook would have been more of a problem. People would be tagging these women in the photos, and the algorithms would say, what the fuck, this is six women. So this is a big episode, huge, one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Things are finally happening. I mean, things have been happening, but a lot yes. of big things. This felt more like a season finale than a mid-season episode. I don't know how yeah. you feel about that. Oh, yeah. Things are really starting to to come to fruition, finally. A lot of build-up. Yeah, and because of that, I thought we could start with the least interesting parts of the episode, which are still very intriguing. Donnie covered in glitter, dancing in his underwear with Allison on the bed. Where'd they get that glitter from? I guess they have children. I don't know. And the money they use, either fake or Canadian, not sure which. Who knows? Could be both. I'm not convinced that Canadian money is real. Cosima's new girlfriend, Shay, definitely a spy. Definitely a spy. She's a creep. I don't like her. I don't like her. I think we weren't meant to like her. And Felix is finally doing something other than making people tea. Sort of. He half tortures Rachel, doesn't get any information, but we get to see him in action, and I think that's enough. I haven't even gotten started. Why don't we go for a spin, shall we? We really should go. And maybe then she'll tell me where my sister is! Yeah, and also, how adorable is... The fact that his torturing her is using some watercolour on her bandage and then knocking her painting over. So much else happens in this episode. It's research on civilians, unsanctioned. So Canada's trying to commit mass genocide. Or America. No, it's Canada. Because he goes Canada. to Arlington. 
Oh, so the show takes place in Canada and the evil Americans are trying to commit mass genocide? Maybe. Or that Paul is an American. Okay. And everybody else is Canadian. Okay, so he's an American spy in Canada and yes. a compound in Mexico. Sure. Paul, you're the worst of them. You know that because I don't even know where you stand. Why not? Paul is dead. Oops. Paul commits suicide. I mean, he could have yeah, escaped. His last noble act is to kill everybody. Yes. And rightfully so. Yeah, good for Paul. Those people are crazy. Helena eats her little scorpion friend. In the desert. Yeah, she eats her In little scorpion friend. You know, Which seems sad. I liked him. I was getting attached to him. Yeah, but he, you know, he or she, she... She, I guess. Yeah. The scorpion gets uh, a little jab at Helena before it dies. Why are you lying here then? Because your sister is more important than your baby. No. Because I'm hungry. Clones love hallucinating. They Be do. For There's most of, of this episode, Sarah is just on a weird castor clone blood peyote trip after Dr. Cody injects her with Rudy's blood. Right, which she has a fever of 103, which is not that high. It's high to be hallucinating. And we get some kind of a clue from the ghost of Beth or Sarah's idea of what the ghost of Beth would be. It's not completely clear. Stop asking why. Start asking who. I'm still a little confused by that. I thought it was a lovely scene. It was beautifully shot. The music was great. But Beth says something cryptic. Stop asking why. Start asking who. Whether that's grammatically correct or not, it's a powerful statement. Very powerful. <laughs> that, I guess that's our recap. We're going to take a break and then come back and speak with... Johnny Von McNulty, the Jeremy Piven Chair of Television Science at Harvard College Dublin. Our producers are connecting us with our guest today, Dr. Johnny Von McNulty, the Jeremy Piven Chair of Television Science at Harvard College Dublin. Can you hear us well, Doctor? Oh, yes, this is very clear. You're all the way out in Dublin. Thank you so much for finding the time. I can't even imagine what time it is over there. So thank you. Thank oh, you so much. it could be any time. 2 a.m., um, 6 p.m. We don't like to observe time in Dublin. It's very British, and we don't like that. I, I, I don't mean to be skeptical of your accent. I or... was born in Donegal. Uh, however, I went to boarding school in Spain, and I picked up the accent. So, And that's why you sound... German? German? I've never heard that before. Let's ignore your strange accent and talk about what we wanted to discuss initially, which is the science behind Orphan Black. Uh, now, Doctor, I know you haven't seen the whole show or all of the seasons, but you are familiar... I am just beginning my uh, research into Orphan Black. and You know, there are many versions of cloning on television. It's a commentary on uh, how we are all the same. Even though we all try to do our individual role, you know, we're each encouraged to be increasingly similar. How do you mean? Uh, well, you know, I, I'm at the beginning stages of my research. So this is either um, one big metaphor and how our increasing attempts to appear individual are dooming us. Um, 
or this is all actually literally true. Um, and then you have you guys, who, you know, are clones, and yet it seems to be no biggie. Now, I have a question for you. Television science, is that real? Is that a real subject that people are studying now? Because I feel like in my day people studied real sciences, like chemistry or physics. And not television chemistry or television physics. Yeah. Well, it emerged out of a very real need. People would argue about what would be possible inside the world of the television and understand it is not merely television physics or television chemistry. There is also television political science. For example, Germans are holograms, if you are familiar. Um, yes, I, it's I, on favorite TV. It. Oh, that's your favorite TV show? Yeah, I love cartoons. I hate cartoons. See, we're different. Are you two clones of separate people? We are clone twins, so we are of the same womb. And we're identical clones. Mirror okay. images, though. I've, I've heard rarely there will be clone fraternal twins, so clones of other people... And they just couldn't rent another womb, so they just shove them in all at once. So that, that has happened, but that is not the case with us. Fair enough. I was just curious because uh, preference for cartoons is uh, highly genetic. So that is interesting. I had a bad experience with a cartoon once. Ah, his environment. I got you. If Ayn Rand made a cartoon, it would be Jamin's The Holograms. My two favorite things is libertarianism and cartoons with vague magical undertones. It's perfect. I think Orphan Black is meant to inculcate a sense of futilism. The protagonist would like to be an individual, despite the fact that we as the audience are meant to identify Vissa and to think that she will win. She will not. And that, I think, is the moral, uh, that none of us will win, that... The way down will be entertaining, yet in the end we will be intellectual property for the corporate overlords. I guess my Randian knowledge is limited. I didn't realize that was the overall message. I thought it was, you know, the strongest No, no it, and... it is um, perversion. The opposite is the person who would succeed in Ayn Rand is doomed to fail. So, yes, Dr. Well, I mean, Von you know, The question is, you know, why just them? Maybe, maybe everybody is. It seems like you're a little incoherent today. Uh, I don't mean to be insulting, but it, it sounds like in addition to sounding very German, you also sound very sick. Oh, I have been uh, Barfenugan all morning. Barfenugan? Uh, Barfenugan. It's uh, an Irish term. It is not a word that we share, but it's the English. Any overall impressions of Orphan Black when you watched the show, and I assume you did, what were your first thoughts? I would have thought that um, Facebook would have been more of a problem. People would be tagging these women in the photos, and the algorithms would say, what the fuck, this is six women, you know. This episode of Duplicast was written and performed by Anna Rubinova and Siobhan Thompson. It was produced by Jen Point, Caitlin Thompson, and Paula Schumann, with production help from Mickey Capper. Our musical theme was composed by Jay Cowett, who's never used a napkin in his life. Huh. Isn't that fascinating? That's fascinating. He just walks around with crud on his face. <laughs>